When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Welcome to the Kyle Coster Show. I am Kyle Coster. It is Monday. We are almost in July. You know what that means. Hot dog eating contest right around the corner. The best event in all sports. You want to see athletes laying it all on the line with no regard for their body? Just for pride, for love of the game and extra calories? Hot dog contest, 4th of July, noon. Big tradition for me. Um, I'm curious to know what is the least important sporting event that you clear your calendar and make sure that you're able to watch. For me, it might be the hot dog eating contest. Uh, I think I've spoke about this before, but my now wife, um, she lived across the hall in New York from a couple competitive eaters, some big name eaters. And therefore we were able to get access tickets close. Got to be right there while the Franks and buns were flying. Very sloppy, very gross to see close up. You know, it's they talk about soccer being the beautiful game. I think that baseball has a lot of elements that make a person feel majestic and beautiful. Hot dog eating contest? That's just primal, man. Those guys make a mess. But the thing to know about the hot dog contest is... The true athletic feat is not so much what happens in Coney Island. It's what happens later on, whether that be in Brooklyn, whether that be in Manhattan, because these competitors, they go out and they get after it the night after the hot dog contest. You at home, so many people think about, oh, I wonder what those next 24 hours or 48 hours is like for these competitors. Well, throw in a bunch of beer on top of it. Imagine trying to get a buzz after having half of Nathan's entire inventory in your gut. It's pretty incredible. Seeing these people going out, having a good time, imbibing pitchers, shots, drinks, after doing something no human should possibly do a few hours earlier, pretty transformative stuff. The NBA playoffs are probably the number one storyline right now as not everybody shares my interest in the annual chowdown at Surf and Stillwell. And this morning we wake up, one series is 3-1 Phoenix, the other series is 2-1 Milwaukee. And I'm going to go through and offer a few specific points about these series. 
but it's going to build to a few larger observations and and stuff that I see happening in the media and in the future uh, for your inspection to see if perhaps you agree with me. Number one, last night, the Atlanta Hawks get out to a great start. Trey Young is looking like a world beater. He's looking like Steph Curry reincarnated. He looks as though there's nothing that's going to stop him from taking control of the series, being up two to one, and then having game four at home in front of a fan base that showed out. They were ready. Atlanta was ready for this moment. Atlanta gets put down and lumped in with the other cities as being a bad sports town. And a lot of that is warranted. But last night, that was pretty electric. And and I was pretty impressed. And I think that there's a real home court advantage there if the Hawk can somehow get it back there for six. Won't be easy. So I'm all ready to go with my Trey Young takes. And something that I was bouncing around in my head last night as it looked like Atlanta was going to win was there was so much made of the Trey Young versus Luka Doncic draft. And the conversation immediately afterwards was, well, the Mavericks won this. How could the Hawks be so stupid? It was very one-sided. Now, as time has gone on, that debate has gotten a little bit more nuanced, especially with Young's coming out party in the playoffs. So I was wondering to myself, what if we go on this timeline where Luca is undeniably the better talent? He is the embodiment of Larry Bird. He's the top two or three players in the NBA for the next decade, which I think we would all agree that that's probably going to happen. But what if Trey is the killer? What if he's the playoff guy? What if he's the little guy who puts everybody on his relatively small shoulders and catapults to championship. And it's just this hard nose throwback shit talking guy who can handle the moment. Now, obviously that assumes a lot of facts, not in evidence yet. Luca departing from this year's playoffs after taking a lead in the series over the Clippers is not an indictment of his performance. Anybody who watched game seven, saw a person trying but failing to elevate his team past some obvious shortcomings. Porzingis, a huge problem. He was noble in defeat, had a huge breakout game. But a loss is a loss. And the way these things work is in a few years of Luca hasn't, if he hasn't gotten over that hump, if he's still struggling to lead the Mavericks, the retooled Mavericks, as we now have a front office shakeup, um, more turmoil into the situation. I was wondering what it would be if a narrative emerged that Luca couldn't win the big one and Trey could. And I was all ready to go with this. Uh, a mildly hot take of a hypothetical, granted. But all that was thrown into the dustbin, into the garbage can because Chris Middleton of all people decides to score 11 points in 119 seconds. And he chooses to do it with two stare down threes that are shots that almost any other time you would say, why are you shooting this? You shouldn't shoot this. The momentum being down seven with seven and change to go get a better shot than that. He doesn't, 
He knocks back-to-back threes down. He hits a ridiculous fall away. Then he hits another three. An 11-point explosion. Part of a 20-point fourth quarter that elevates the Bucks to victory, puts them in the driver's seat to make the NBA Finals, and throws all of this discussion aside for new discussion. This morning we wake up and just going through my timeline, we're seeing... Nick Wright is building a take where this Bucks team is akin to the Lakers team with Shaq and Kobe, a team that won three championships in a row. Um, no, I don't, I don't think so. You can cut the numbers any way you want. Chris Middleton is 29. We know what type of player he is. This is his ceiling. Last night was likely the apex of his career. Kobe was 21, 22, and 23, and went on to be a top 10 NBA player. Let's not say things that are crazy. Or maybe, okay, let's say things that are crazy. Because that's kind of what you do now. I was ready to throw out this Trey Young, Luca thing. Because it is an interesting conversation. Because it goes past Team X1, Team Y lost. The biggest thing about these playoffs, the one point that has calcified and solidified in my mind is how fickle and arbitrary all this legacy talk is. How the NBA chooses its own adventure in a way that is surprising and operates on the thinnest of margins. Let me tell you what I'm talking about. Kevin Durant wears a shoe one size larger than what he needs because he finds it more comfortable. He wears size 18 when he has a size 17 foot. In his remarkable game seven against this Milwaukee team, he hits what appears to be the go-ahead three-pointer, an incredible turnaround shot that proves that Kevin Durant is Kevin Durant that he's every bit the equal of LeBron James. See what I did there? It's a pretty strong take. It's a pretty interesting narrative. Is it true? Maybe. But that's the way we discuss the NBA right now. Because Durant's presumed three-pointer was a two, the game goes to overtime. Milwaukee wins in a game where everybody was gassed. Think of how thin that margin is. If he wears the correct size shoe or the shoe that fits his foot, it's Atlanta, Brooklyn in the Eastern Conference Finals. Does Trey Young do the thing he did in game one against Brooklyn? Do the Hawks have enough firepower to get by a Nets team that was getting more healthy? And just needed a little bit more from James Harden? I don't think so. And therefore, the young takes kind of go into offseason. The comparisons to Curry get sidelined for a bit. The Trey Luca debate continues, but it's not as forceful. Luca is placed slightly above Trey. 
with the acknowledgement that, you know what? The Hawks have a superstar here. But it never gets to the point where Trey Young is a winner and someone else is a loser. And maybe that's a good thing. And maybe we're sitting here today with the most worthy teams advancing and being on the cusp of making the NBA Finals. And that's fine. I'm a believer that sports are played to be unpredictable. That what is most enjoyable is anything can happen. It's unscripted human drama. And therefore, I will never get mad at a Milwaukee Phoenix Finals, even though it's not what I want, even though it's not as interesting, because these two teams will have earned it if they make it there. But there's a business side to all of this that I think has to be, if not appreciated, then understood. The marketplace of ideas is crowded. Things need to be shiny to stand out. They need to be unique. So I was thinking with doing a little bit of self-reflection about what I was planning to say about Trey and Luca and what the sports talk economy looks like. I kind of have a dire prediction if you don't like this type of stuff. And that's that the way we discuss the NBA, the way we have wild swings in the postseason, it's never going back to the way it was before. It was kind of a slow creep doing this job. I remember being kind of startled and alarmed and confused that we would go after every single NBA finals game, there would be a robust and largely not essential discussion about who was the finals MVP. We would have finals MVP discussion topics after game two and game three. It would always swing wildly based on what happened the game before. But it was there and it was kind of weird and you kind of moved on from that and thought it was like if you weren't interested in it, you didn't discuss it. Then what happened is that thought process started getting applied to the regular season. Think about how much discussion there was over who the MVP is, was, should be before the NBA season was done. It happens in basketball. It happens in football. To a lesser extent, it happens in baseball. But we will gladly debate who should be the MVP midway through the season. We will gladly do it a quarter through the season. Knowing full well that the body of work isn't done until all the games are played. And that it's a situation that won't have resolution for months. And maybe part of that is because the stakes are so low. You can always go back and say that you've changed your mind. And you can always go back and say, I've changed my mind because new information presented itself. Which is fair. I think outlets started with the idea 
that we are going to mirror the conversation that is happening offline, that is happening in barbershops and bars and around the water cooler. I think that everything got a bit more conversational slowly, but much like technology, we're, we're in this era of exponential growth where everything has to be the biggest, the best, the worst, the most outraged, the least outraged, everything. So why then would we ever expect our sports discourse to go back to a more measured, reasoned place? And maybe you all know this. Maybe you're listening to this and shaking your head and thinking, where have you been, man? This has been obvious for some time. It's possible that I've put too much faith in both the public and the media. It's possible that I've been dragging my feet accepting this because I've always wanted to occupy a space of authenticity and honesty when it comes to this stuff. I don't want to be screaming about who should be finals MVP after game one of the NBA finals. I don't really want to be screaming that Trey Young is the next Steph Curry in the second round of the playoffs. Now, I did write a piece that explored that idea that Trey may be the first of the post-Steph Curry superstars who modeled their game after him and how exciting that would be. But that idea upon self-reflection, it's not that close to reality. There needs to be so much more data. There needs to be someone after Young who plays like Young, who plays like Curry. The guy's 22 years old. It's like we're sitting here trying to contextualize Zion Williamson's career when it's barely gotten off the ground. And there's so many other examples and so many other players we could talk about and so many other storylines. But if you think we're getting out of this era of overreaction and prisoner of the moment stuff, It's probably time to face some reality. So Middleton goes off and he single-handedly saves the Bucks last night. He does this because he's an incredible shooter, a streaky shooter. But when he is hot, I don't know if I trust anybody more to make a 19 to 22 footer. He scores 11 points in less than two minutes. And he totally changes everything in that series. We know that the NBA has always been a make or miss league, but it's never been more of a make or miss league than it is right now. As shooting has gotten so much better through the years. And I was thinking about this. 
I was thinking about Middleton, a guy who, if you wanted to do the research and you wanted to craft an argument saying that he's a top 25, top 30 player in the league, you could probably do that. Anything higher than that would be for attention, likely. Uh, anything lower than 40 would also be for attention. It's just kind of in that range of a really good NBA player, a really good number two option, who I might say has more on his plate than most number two options who advance deep in the playoffs because Giannis can't be trusted to create his own offense and make his free throws. So all credit to Middleton. But if he, in such a short span, can change everything, can shift championships, which he may have done. He may have won Milwaukee the championship last night. Now, obviously, they need six more victories to get where they're going. But that may end up being the most pivotal stretch for this team. If he can do it, how many other people in the NBA can as well? There was no defense for what he did. Yeah, you can get a hand up, but that turnaround he made from the baseline was unstoppable. And we're getting to a point where even the most diligent and dogged defensive effort isn't enough with some of these guys. And especially the ones who can shoot from 30 feet or the ones who are so athletic that there's no impediment to them getting a clean look, i.e. Durant. So I was thinking about the fickleness of whether a shot goes in 40% of the time from three or whether it goes in 46 and how big of an impact that can make on a game and how big of an impact that can make on a season. And it got me wondering if we're entering an era where the dynasty as we know it in the NBA is going to go extinct. LeBron birthed the super team over a decade ago. The super team model was wildly successful for the first part of that decade. In recent seasons, it has not been a reliable recipe for multiple championships. The Warriors eventually were derailed by injuries. Same with the Lakers this year as they tried to defend. Brooklyn, we all know what happened there. It's not easy to win championships and just assembling the best players doesn't guarantee you anything. Health, the other big storyline of this, of this postseason, is something else that's entirely fickle. The league has morphed to a place where they're trying to address what they can address with load management. But at the end of the day, it's not sexy to say, but the healthiest team in sports has a far greater opportunity to win titles than a team that struggles with injuries. Not breaking news, just not a very interesting topic. But let's say these super teams have all their players out on the court, all of their stars. And then something like Middleton happens. 
where a player down the depth chart on league greats goes off, changes everything. Steals a game, changes the series. Are we going to see more of this? We could see more of this. And we shouldn't be surprised when the teams we have slotted as number one, number two, number three best in the league bow out because the opposite roster shoots the lights out. And as more teams get more people that can shoot the lights out, we're going to be in a situation where it's a three-point contest. And that's not a pejorative. But the margin between winning and losing when so many threes are being taken in a game oftentimes rests on three or four made baskets in either direction. Middleton made four in 119 seconds. Add to that the fact that it's never been harder to retain a super team. Say what you want about player empowerment, but it does make roster building more difficult and certainly more unpredictable. In the other series, Kawhi Leonard out with injury right now. We don't know when he's going to be back. It doesn't appear like it'll be for this series, which could end tonight, likely will end tonight. Dame Lillard wants help in Portland. Reportedly not so happy with the Chauncey Billups move. Announced his coach this weekend. Rumors are out there that he wants out. So you have one superstar who won a title in Kawhi, who realizes that the Clippers are this snake-bitten, doomed experiment, and good for him. You have another who has never won anything who wants to dictate the terms in his city. You have players perfectly healthy, sitting out, tanking themselves to join a new team. Look at Anthony Davis. Didn't like what he did. He got the last laugh as he won a championship with the Lakers, might win another. There's going to be so much shifting and so much tinkering with the idea of what a super team is and what you need to put around your superstars that no one really knows what's going to happen. Then you have Middleton. I am so sorry that I keep dwelling on this. But how many front offices are sitting here today and thinking, you know what we need? We need a Chris Middleton. When this guy might have just turned in the most important two minutes in the league this year. I have a hard time seeing another dynasty in the NBA because it will require staying completely healthy. It will require internal politics staying palatable. It will require fending off every other team who wants to build a Death Star. And as we saw last night, it will require winning the shooting battle. It's just so many things have to fall into place. And everything feels so uncertain moment to moment, 
and game to game. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.